Sometimes the very best thing for you is to not get what you want. Hey friends, I'm Mark Alanchelski and this is The Apprenticeship Way, a podcast about learning how to live life with Jesus. This is episode four, the freedom of not getting your way. Have you ever had to work multiple jobs? It's becoming a lot more common in the United States. The cost of living and rent just keeps going up. Wages, not so much. Working multiple jobs is not fun. It's draining. It, it eats into family time. It can leave you so worn out that you're never at your best for anything that you have to do. I have such deep respect for the many people who do this to support their families to make ends meet. For several years now, I've had two jobs while at the same time trying to be a writer. It's been really hard balancing everything. I've, I've struggled to do it well. Many times I've not done it well. Once I made this decision, I worked hard to make a smooth transition for the job I was leaving. I cared about the people I was working there. I loved the organization. I didn't want to leave them in the lurch. So I created training material and wrote up procedures and a detailed job description, everything that they would need to help get a replacement lined up to do the job well. I even helped kick off the job search process. So I was really excited when a candidate came forward. My plans were coming together. The interview process went great. The person accepted the job. The end was in sight. They got hired and I began a two month planned transition. About three weeks in, after we'd spent more than 20 hours in training, the new person backed out. I was stunned. I'd already given my notice. I had put balls in motion for projects that I was gonna work on once I was free from this commitment. This podcast was one of those. I had already emotionally moved on and all of a sudden, I was stuck. I mean, the people that I worked closely with there in that organization, they were devastated. We were all confused. I had no idea what I was going to do. I was really angry. Not really at this person. They had their reasons that made good sense to me. And the truth is, if someone is not a good fit for a job, no amount of pressure is going to make it turn into a good thing. I know that. But I was still angry. I had put in all this time and effort and energy to prepare for the transition, and it looked like it was going to amount to nothing. I was ready to move on. I, I was honestly angry with God. God knew my heart. God knew what I wanted. God knew that I felt like it was time for me to leave this job. God knew that there were really important things, meaningful things, ministry things that I wanted to do with my time. It was frustrating and confusing dealing with this unexpected change of plans. But worse, worse than that, was seeing my own heart. I had this agenda. I had a plan I wanted to happen. When my plan didn't happen the way I wanted it to, it hurt me. It was painful. It made me angry. I wasn't getting my way. In our culture today, we bear a terrible burden. We invest enormous time and energy carrying it. It brings some of us sometimes to the point of tears or rage. It's a source of enormous pain and sadness for so many of us. And yet the world we live in keeps telling us how important it is, how urgently it must be pursued, how empty and unfulfilled our lives will be if we can't obtain it. The burden? Getting our way. Now, there are some people for whom this is a clearly stated life goal. They browbeat and they bully and they posture and they manipulate in order to get what they want. Most of us aren't like that. We have gentler, more subtle ways of fulfilling this desire. You know what I'm talking about? We, we talk about our preferences. You know, we say we're just, just not comfortable with something. Or maybe we talk about how the way it used to be was so much better than what's going on now. We wrap our goal up in positive language. 
You know, in our culture, in America, the entrepreneur is seen as a hero. But, you know, the truth is that a significant percentage of people who call themselves entrepreneurs are just people who don't like working on teams because they don't always get their way. Our country has made a little god out of personal freedom and getting your rights. You've noticed this, you know? Sometimes those very good ideals of personal freedom can be used to assert our will at other people's expense. We live in this self-help personal growth culture where we're told things like, get rid of the negative people in your life and stop doing things that don't make you happy. While there are times when that kind of advice may be useful, many times those statements are a cover-up for when we want to avoid difficult things that we'd rather not face. So then, as followers of Jesus who take Scripture seriously, an immediate tension emerges. There just aren't any verses that advocate for getting our own way, at least none I've ever found. But there are a stack of verses suggesting the opposite. Many of them are uncomfortable for us. They go against the grain of the cultural expectations we have. Here's some examples. 1 Peter 2.13 says, Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. Hebrews 13.17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. And then Paul takes us in a very specific direction for specific people. In Ephesians 5.22, he says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Or Ephesians 6.1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Or 1 Peter 5.5, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders. I don't like it. My first thought upon reading those verses is about all the people who don't deserve that kind of respect. Abusive leaders and husbands, parents who hurt their children, authorities who lie and manipulate for their own ends. I mean, even church leaders, church leaders who've used those very passages to shut down debate or to control circumstances. You may be having the exact same kind of reaction right now. And also, as a student of Scripture, I know that every one of these verses has a background and a context. I don't want to just charge in and submit myself to these verses until I've studied them in full. I want to know what was being talked about originally in the culture, but, but see, I also know that that very process, that process of studying the context of the scripture can become a way for me to avoid what's in the text if I want it to. Truth is, my desire to get my own way can easily become the interpretive lens that I read scripture through. That's when it is very inconvenient for me to remember that scene with Jesus in the garden. This is the night of his arrest. Judas has already left to bring the temple guards. Jesus knows the pain that is coming. He knows the separation that's coming. Agony is rising up within him. He wants his close friends to sit with him, but they can't. He wants to feel that deep connection with his father, but even that seems distant. The emotional and spiritual pressure was so great that Jesus' sweat drops of blood there in that dark place, Jesus' conversation with the Father was a conversation about submission. First, Jesus said, My Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. That's the natural human desire in the face of suffering. This horrible thing is not what I want. This sucks. It feels terrible. And the future looks worse. Can I opt out? Can I take a detour? Can I, can I get partial credit and skip the final? You've been there. I know. I've been there. It's a terrible place to be. But then there's this other note in Jesus' conversation, yet not as I will, but as you will. Not as I will, but as you will. In this moment, Jesus, 
the Son of God, the Creator from before time, the King of a new kingdom, in this moment, He submits. He submits to the will of the Trinity. He submits to carry the consequences of sin. He submits to the desires of the religious leaders and the power systems of His day. He submits to a path of pain and death. He submits to the cross. Sure, this is a path Jesus walked for our salvation. Yeah, but don't dismiss it as simply theological. This isn't just about atonement. This is also Jesus' example to us. This is what it looks like to walk with Jesus. The way forward, the way into resurrection, is very often the painful path of not getting your way. But we hate it. I hate it. You hate it. We don't like the discomfort that comes from being wrong or being weak or being on the losing team. We hate not getting our way. But here's what you must know. If you desire to grow spiritually, this drive to get your own way, it limits your growth. It stifles your spiritual journey. We can cloak it in a hundred well-meaning layers of reasons. We can explain how our way is the best way or the most logical way or the right way or the holy way or the scriptural way or the God-ordained way, but those are all just fancy wrapping paper on the package we desire most, getting what we want. That drive in us, call it ego or selfishness or our sinful nature, whatever label works best for you, this drive in us to get what we want is just an amplification of our desire to avoid discomfort. What I want is almost always about what will feel the easiest, or the least disruptive for my plans, or what will create the least inner turmoil for me. That's why this part of us doesn't like growing. At least it doesn't want to grow when the cost of growth is discomfort, or uncertainty, or loss, or pain, or death. And in our desperation to avoid that pain, we do ridiculous, short-sighted, stupid, sometimes terrible, often sinful things. This drive in us, it doesn't care about others, it doesn't care about love, it doesn't care about truth. But know this, the path of growth, the path of experiencing God, the path of becoming stronger spiritually, always travels through the pain, through the fire, through the difficulty, rather than away from it. Now, I doubt that after listening to me talk about this, you're suddenly going to say, all right, submission is good for me. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I still kind of hate this. But I have one suggestion to offer that can help you face these difficult moments. Let's go back to that passage in Ephesians where Paul gives those difficult instructions about submitting the household codes passage. He leads off with a statement that I think is the path for being free from this burden. Galatians 5.21, he says, Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, this whole passage, it has baggage, right? There have been authority figures who have used this passage to manipulate people. They've basically told their followers that this verse basically means, if you love Jesus, you'll do what I tell you to do. And that's clearly not what Paul is saying. This whole passage where Paul addresses different groups of people, you know, wives, children, slaves, this starts back in chapter 5, verse 1, with this introduction. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children, and walk in love as the Messiah also loves us and gave himself for us. See, that's the context. That's the context for the whole conversation of submission. That means for Paul, all these instructions about who's submitting to who, that all ties back to one thing, imitating God. God as Trinity, 
is within God's own self a community defined by perfect mutual submission. And Jesus, of course, is the visible expression of God's self-sacrificing love. So when I hear Paul say, be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, here's what I see. You and I have the choice to not get our way. I know, it sounds crazy, right? We have the choice to support other people getting their way. And when we do that, we respect that Christ is up to something. And maybe that what Christ is up to is more important than us getting our way. As followers of Jesus, we begin with the assumption that Jesus is doing something, right? Something in us, something in the people around us, something in the world. Jesus is working. And that means that when I choose to let go of that desperate need to get my way, I also get out of the way of what Jesus is doing. By letting go of my agenda, I respect the work of Jesus in me and others and in the world. I am submitting myself out of reverence for Christ. So here's my suggestion when it comes to those painful moments where you might want to fight to get your way. You know, that moment, it's coming for you. You know, the one where internal pressure starts to build and you want to grasp onto something to, to get your way. In that moment, the normal human thing is to shift into whatever mechanisms you use for getting your way. Yeah, maybe anger or being right or powering up or arguing or passive aggression or manipulation, whatever. You have, you have your own paths. You know what they are. Uh, you've gotten good at them over your life. I have mine. So try this. When that moment comes and that internal pressure mounts, ask yourself this question. Right now, is my way getting in Jesus' way? Here's what that question is getting at. Consider if it's possible that there's something Jesus is doing in you or in the people around you or in the situation where you getting your way would get in the way of what Jesus is up to. When that candidate backed out and all my plans fell apart, I was frustrated because my agenda was being threatened. I wanted my way. I don't know what Jesus might have been doing in that person's life or in the organization I was leaving. But whether Jesus was working there, I am pretty sure Jesus was working on my ego need to have things happen my way on my timeline. And in that moment, in that moment as I saw my heart, I had a choice. I could keep trying to force my agenda, but that would not be respecting the possibility that Jesus was up to something. That would be a step away from who I think Jesus is inviting me to be. In that moment, I had the opportunity to release my way to let that first candidate go without pressure or manipulation, to trust that a different solution would come, to be faithful to the commitments I had made to those people I worked with. All of that was really painful for me because it made it clear how deeply I was attached to getting my way. Well, Jesus was clearly up to something in me. It turns out, months later, it looks like Jesus was up to something in the organization too because a couple of months later on, a completely different candidate surfaced who was an even better fit for the role. In some ways, better than we could have foreseen at the time. And I was reminded again that my agenda, my timeline, my desire to get my way is often not the best outcome. God just keeps being gracious to teach my selfish heart a better way. Have you experienced that? May you know the character-growing power of not getting your way and the eye-opening possibility that when you let go of your way, Jesus 
might be right in the middle of it, doing something in you, in the people around you, and in the world. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing, you can have it come to you live. I'm scheduling speaking engagements through the end of this year, and I would be honored to come speak at your church or retreat, school, nonprofit, whatever community you have. I talk about practical spiritual growth, just like this, but I also talk about emotional discipleship. You know, it's high time the church started paying attention to the role of emotions in our lives and our faith, because the truth is you can't grow spiritually if you're not growing emotionally. Uh, this is in support of my new book, The Wisdom of Your Heart, Discovering the God-Given Power and Purpose of Your Emotions. And I would love to bring this message to your people. If you'd like to check out my availability, there's a link in the show notes that can get that conversation started. Do you like this podcast? Well, subscribe on iTunes or in any other podcast app you can find. You can also find a video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel and subscribe there. I'd also be grateful if you take a moment to rate or review this podcast on iTunes, since that's one of the best ways to help other people find it. Do you want more material like this? Then subscribe to my email list. I email about twice a month with a new blog post and links to other things that will be of benefit to your spiritual journey. If you're interested in any of what I've just said, you'll find the show notes for today's episode, including all the scriptures and the links that I just mentioned at www.markallenshelsky.com forward slash TAW004. Until next time, remember, in this one present moment, you are loved, you are known, and you are not alone.